When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here for Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcast. Inside Sports Fantasy Football, where we just covered who won NFL free agency. You can catch that wherever you get your podcast, plus Game Source. Of course, the great folks at LakersBall.com. Go ahead and check out Ox1947, the guy behind Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com. Go ahead and check him out today at Simblades with a Y.com plus LakersBall.com is Ox1947. Also, as well, the best place to go for your NBA draft news, the guys at Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. Go ahead and check out their thoughts on the tournament so far. Who is rising and whose stock is falling? Check it out today at the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. That's right. Got to do the one-eye thing just like Joe is right now. Plus also as well, Magic Man in the Morning. Magic Man in the Morning. Every Friday morning like this past morning. Go ahead and check it out today on YouTube right there for you. Also as well, go ahead and check out our good friends, Jamie Sweet. And also the number one Lakers blogger that's out there. It is Laker Tom. You can go ahead and check them out today at Lakerholics.com. And if you could support all of those great things in your life, if you're a true basketball and Lakers fan, plus also don't forget our playback.tv slash live watch party at Lakers fast break right there for you. We had a great time tonight. We'll be doing it again on Sunday afternoon. Plus if you could subscribe to our YouTube channel, and go ahead and get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with our awesome post games, our awesome shows, and everything else. And if you could do all of that, it is sincerely appreciated. Where the Lakers went in tonight, oh my gosh. Another must-win game. We're coming down to the final games of the season, and I'll tell you what, very nerve-wracking indeed. The Lakers got off to a tremendous start tonight against Oklahoma City, who was playing on the second game of back-to-back. We found out that D'Angelo Russell was going to be out with a hip issue. So I guess it's not long-term, but it's still something that kept him out of today's game. But SGA, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, 
he wasn't held out on a back-to-back and he played played pretty good lakers made it tried to effort to try and stop him lakers in the first quarter though really got off to a great lead 41 to 25 oklahoma city willed that lead down that 16 point lead down a little bit more and then a little bit more a little bit more until they tied the game in the fourth quarter but the lakers got just enough support for anthony davis with 37 points dennis schroeder with 21 and lonnie walker the fourth dusting him off getting him in the game i know fried chicken will be happy about that he got 20 as the lakers another stomach churner indeed they do pull it out though 116 to 111 for the first time this year i can say the lakers are at 500 even right there with the wins and losses at 37 and 37 finally 74 games in they can actually say that and on top of that with all the losses today and yesterday by oklahoma city dallas and utah the lakers now find themselves tied with the minnesota timberwolves in eighth place in the western conference just behind golden state for sixth place so the thought is there i know but let's i've always said let's just get to back to 500 let's just get to 500 well we're now at 500 and here today to talk about today's game the usual great panelists indeed you got to go and check out what he's doing today at the upside swings nba draft podcast it is of course stone hansen who was so awesome once again on our playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. If you want to get a basketball education, you need to check out our playback.tv slash Lakers fast break live watch parties in stone. They got off to a very strong start. I thought they were going to go ahead and have a comfortable win, but you know what? Got to give credit to OKC. They came back, whittled that lead away. Got It got nervous for us, but in the end, we were asking all game long to focus the ball into AD, and they did just enough of that to get the victory. Yeah, they. Um, <clears throat> I think they had the right game plan going in, so it ended up being, uh, you know, the victory that we needed. Um, Ham had the the right essentials, if you will, for basically get the ball to AD as much as you can, um, in term so that because OKC doesn't really have a rim protector. Uh, you either have an easy finish at the rim, uh, you get to the line, or you can create because they'll double team you. Uh, and they executed that. Um, I think they could have executed it a little bit more, but I'm happy with the fact that that was, in fact, the game plan that they came up with because it was the right call. Um, I also think that uh, defensively, we did a, a fairly decent job, I think, um, the hard hedge is what worked best, and I wish we would have gone back to it more than we used it. But um, it was the right call to, you know, really hone in on Shea and uh, do what you can to uh, keep him out of the paint um, and let the other guys beat you. Uh, OKC's game plan is essentially the same every game, which is get their big guards into the paint uh, and whether they can finish or uh, kick out to their shooters. That's that's generally what they try to do, and I think that. Lakers did a fairly good job of, of sort of mitigating that paint um, breakdown. Uh, AD obviously helps when you're at the rim. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think they just all around had a good game plan. 
Uh, I think they could have stuck to it tighter, uh, but the fact that that was the plan uh, in the beginning is enough to make me happy, uh, especially with the fact that they came out with the win. Absolutely. Just, uh, again, uh, good performance for the team, something they can build upon, hopefully, as they continue to go ahead with the stretch run. But also here today to talk about today's game, good man indeed. He is the host of Magic Man in the Morning. It is the Magic Man, Sean Grice. And Sean, great to have you here, my friend. Wanted to ask you, I mean, we saw that lead getting whittled away, especially in the third quarter, which, you know, has been a continued problem for them. And at the fourth quarter, we were talking about a little bit harder defenses against Shea. They sort of kind of, they did a good job in the first half, but kind of, Mm -hmm. as we saw with Booker, they kind of let it slip away with the adjustments that were made in the second half. But still, they did just enough to get the victory. Just enough, Gerald. Just enough. But it, it's um, it's it's almost uh, effortless how SGA can make others around him better just by his uh, mere presence. Um, I was worried that if we did uh, try and double him a lot during the game, that uh, he would just find you know open shooters. And with the way uh, Joe and um, Dennis played a. Dennis Schroeder played a key role in this as well in the fourth quarter. Yes, he did. He was very pesky. He's very pesky on that end. Um, I was very satisfied with the way Vando uh, made it difficult for SGA. And, and, I mean, that's all you can do. But it's an emphasis. It's 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 not um, – it's very, it's a very patient game with him. He He's not very um, – he doesn't get he doesn't get frustrated he doesn't he, he, uh he's not deterred at all from attacking or driving so it's diff, it really is difficult you know in about 38 40 minutes however long he plays to make it difficult for him on every possession but tonight they did a damn decent job of it because i was worried he could go off for 40 or and 45 and if he's going off for 40 or 45, that means somebody else is getting like 30. So if that's the case, it, the Thunder are just a difficult team to defend. And and I realize it's our show, but they're going to be a very different uh, aesthetically looking team when Chet Holmgren comes back. Yes. It's, 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 they're not going to be this kind of loosey-goosey out on the perimeter. I think it's going to be a lot of more deliberate, more deliberate um, offensive uh, machinations, more less so of, you know, SGA basically, you know, following Daniel to the, uh, to the letter. I I think um, as much as Rick Carlisle uh, took uh, the keys uh, and given the Luca, I think Danielle needs to do the same thing with SGA and kind of trust uh, his instincts out there. Because I think they're they're just they're kind of more reliant on a on a system towards uh, the end of these games. I'm noticing, um, and uh, sometimes you need a guy that could just play jazz and get his own shot. But tonight it was a great effort. Um, they got off to that fast start, which me and Joe wanted to see, uh, especially with uh, them coming off a back-to-back and three out of four. So it, it proved to be um, – they lost their legs at the end, Gerald. 
we scored 19 points in the third quarter, but they only scored 19 in the fourth. Yeah. And uh, maybe that back-to-back had something to do with it. And uh, again, a really good team performance. Truly happy with what they did tonight. Again, as we finally reach 500. But also here today to talk about today's game. Good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check him out today. It's Ox 1947, of course, at right there for you at LakersBall.com. Plus also, you have to go ahead and make sure you support him as well. If you live in the Southern California area and you need a new lawn, you need a new lawn. It got blown away with all the wind this past week. So you need a new lawn today with Symblades. Symblades with a Y.com. It is Joe Soro. Joe, you're smiling. You're you're doing well. You were a little bit frustrated because they're still hitting our their shots against us. But you know what? When it's all said and done, we're back to 500 in eighth place to Western Conference. Things aren't looking so bad after all. No, they're not, and uh, it was an entertaining game, and it wouldn't have been entertaining if they didn't win. So looking back on it now that they won, it was an entertaining game, which <sighs> the NBA is just relentless. I think they should just change the NBA to national basketball relentlessness. There is no downtime in the NBA anymore. Uh, 48 minutes of just rigorous pain uh, and – I don't know if it'll ever slow down at this point. This is just nuts. But uh, very impressed with the effort tonight. The AD uh, looked like a madman, <laughs> uh, you know, getting at it the entire game. He was really, really focused, and he was relentless, uh, especially in the first quarter. Uh, Stone, you're going to like this stat because everybody loves to talk about plus and minus. You know who had the best plus and minus tonight? Who Your favorite player. My, fa- I have a lot of favorite players. Your favorite player on the Lakers right now. Vanderbilt? No. Oh. No, the other favorite one. Reeves? How many, how many favorites? I told you. Oh, Wenyan? No. I have a lot the other of favorites. <laughs> I'm just going to go through the whole lineup here. Hey, let, me, let, me just, let, me, let me give you a hint. His name is Beasley. Malik Beasley. Okay. <laughs> I had trouble picking up on the So how does that stat really hold up in the end? Because every time I saw Beasley in there, he was didn't look like he didn't know he was how to play basketball. Uh and then uh another uh stat that was interesting, uh and it kind of you know gives you an idea of what's been going on the last two games is this is the second straight game AD did not have a block. So that's a little bit alarming, but it sort of makes sense if you've watched both games. It just AD got popped with a with a illegal de- illegal defense today, and he's gotten a few of those this last week or so because he's trying desperately to cover enough space because of the inability to you know guard consistently throughout four quarters. Uh, when I'm on playback. I might sound like I'm negative, but I'm not negative to my team. I'm negative to the other team. When they start making every shot, especially after a night that they look like the Sacramento Kings of 1991 and just looking like they're gangbusters. I hate when teams play up against the Lakers. It's been a thing since I can remember, and I get it, but I, I, I'm still going to talk smack about it. But tonight was uh, – 
a win is a win is a win. Uh, they got to keep this going. They now have eight games. So we're going to go one game at a time here. Now, as far as the, the, the finalization of this season, now you've won this game. Now you look at the remaining eight. Understand that you got to now win seven of the next eight. So Sunday is going to be very important for it to be then seven games left. So you can win six of seven. So one game at a time. Try to get those wins. Keep doing what you're doing. And you will find yourself not only guaranteeing a slot in the playoffs, but enough momentum by the time, let's say, LeBron gets back, maybe in the second to last game of the year. Once again, the Lakers do win 116-111 to finally get to 500. Gosh darn, it's only taken 74 games to do so. But we're very happy that they finally did. They're now in eighth place in the Western Conference, tied with the Minnesota Timberwolves, just a few percentage points behind the Golden State Warriors and the Phoenix Suns, who are essentially tied for fifth place. Realistically, Stone. I'm not watching, by the way, Kenneth. Realistically. If they sit anyone down, if they sit AD down Sunday, I'm not watching Sunday. I'm going to say realistically, I don't want to start... Every time we start talking about where the Lakers stand and what they could do and matchups, but realistically, because now the Clippers are in fourth place in the Western Conference, they're two games out of fourth. To give you the idea how wacky this West is, Stone. That that's why games. that's why we're saying win all but one game the rest of the way because there is a shot. That's the mindset right now. You got to look at it that way. Your thoughts on this, Stone? I mean, because literally they could be in fourth place if they do as Joe says and win seven out of the next eight. Yeah. I I mean, realistically, it's I would love it to happen. I, I'm not sure seven out of eight is the most probable uh, pathway. Um, I mean, I would love it if it were to happen. I think at this time, every team is cognizant of seeding matchups um and also how like how each game affects you know their standings and and uh, other team standings so like the warriors are are really holding on to that 6 seed with all their willpower that they have um i think them and the suns are are you can catch up to them maybe the suns are getting kd back soon um but when the warriors don't have uh andrew wiggins i think it's uh, it makes it plausible that they can catch them. Um, I think with just the amount of time that's left throughout the season, it's it's going to be really difficult to reach the four seed. I think five or six is is a bit more plausible. Um, and if the Lakers were to continue, you know, this win streak, um, it gets more and more realistic each game that they could get the fourth seed. Uh, I think as of now, I'm, I'm probably more eyeing the fifth and sixth seeds. Um, but again, it, it's it's uh, it's sort of going game by game and and just seeing how they progress because each game that's played uh, gets a little bit clearer and clearer whether uh, that Clippers seed at number four is, is more attainable or not uh, with how much they lose or how much we win. So um, right now it looks difficult, but again, we'll see in five or six games. Maybe that Maybe that's not the case by then. 
Magic Man, I want to ask you this. When it comes to what you're seeing with Ham, I know Adam Hurley's in the chat talking about how Darvin Ham is getting better. Is it the case of Darvin Ham is getting a little bit better on his coaching? We still saw rotations I wasn't in love with. I know a lot of people were talking about Malik Beasley and his ineffectiveness, although, again, he had the best plus minus, which Joe pointed out. A lot of people talked about dusting off Lonnie Walker the fourth, and he played a tremendous game today. Your thoughts? Is that uh, you know astute to the coaching? Uh, I think obviously Lonnie Walker's fourth, uh, the appearance by him was obviously based on the fact that D'Lo couldn't play. But your thoughts? Is Darvin Ham getting better on the coaching front? I don't believe he is. Um, uh, that's a strong emphatic. I do not believe he is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is more of a case of because he has better talent to evaluate who should be on the floor, who's uh, capable uh, to run whatever he's running. And I use that uh, phrase loosely. Um, I think it's just a case of he got better talent around him. And at times the talent is rewarding him. But like, uh, like you said, Gerald, there's still, more issues with him than there are solutions. His rotations are still really, at best, I call them sketchy. Like they're not really consistent. He's he's still very consistently inconsistent about his rotations. Um, certain moments of games where he's he's he should call timeout. He waits four or five possessions. Uh, later than he probably should. I mean, it, it it's not like it's not like we're ultra critical of him. It's that seventy four games into the season, and whoopee, we're thirty seven and thirty seven, yay! And and I know people are saying that why we're so giddy about them being five hundred and thirty seven thirty seven when this is a franchise that's won seventeen world championships. Mm-hmm. But this season has been such a roller coaster from the get go. Mm-hmm. For me, it's about small victories, and I've said for, for, for sure because how many times? now? I've said for months now. Can we just get to five hundred? And now finally, we're there. Well, and thank God we we finally don't have to say or hear. Oh well, you know, at this point in time during the season last year, they had more wins. Yeah, no, not anymore. Last year they had 33. Right now we're working on 38. So uh, we can we can avoid that conversation for God's sakes. Um, can they win against the Bulls at home with this same group? Because it it probably looks like D'Angelo Russell isn't going to play on Sunday. So I think they can, and bait and. Uh, I don't care what people say. You you really shouldn't be losing both of these games you have with this mini series against the Bulls. It's just they're 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 not cohesive enough to beat this team. If the if the if there's any any reason whatsoever left in their bones about this year, they're not gonna draw. They're not gonna get popped in one of these games. They're gonna pop them. Go ahead, Joe. I I'm I'm still 
I'm looking at the standings and I'm if they make this run that I'm proposing, they could they could end up finishing fourth after all this. <laughs> That's what I just said. I mean, that has to be something Darvin Ham is ingraining in their head. It has to be. If he's got anything worth his salt, all this stuff. And if if you make a run here, the one run, you haven't made a run in two years, make a run here and win all but one game the rest of the way. Heck, look at it this way. You have five games to play your butts off and, and win at least four out of five. Then LeBron probably comes, uh, let's say, three games left. I'm going to say the game he'll come back to is the one against the Clippers. April 5th, that's what I think as well. Okay, if that happens, then, again, you you, you got to look at this kind of systematically and, 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 and easy. You are in a position right now where you could – all those terrible losses, the two and ten starts, all that stuff can be withered away if you just play – like you're trying to win a championship for the next eight games. And you have a shot at getting a four or five seed? Because you're playing a lot of those teams. You're playing a lot of those teams where you'll make up two games. You're playing you're beating Phoenix, them and, and you're they're losing. Playing Phoenix and the Clippers. You got to win those games. You got to win those games. So it's, it is going to be, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you this. Uh, if they beat the Bulls in both games, I'm going to give them their due at this at that point. And then even if they lose one day in Minnesota or one day the Clipper, whatever, you know what? That they 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 showed me some some heart here this last week. Uh, I'm just always kind of tense that are they going to sit anybody? That's my I'm, I'm I'm almost PTSD with that stuff. That's what's scary. Don't sit anybody. When Gerald sent me that message, I was having a really good day today, which pretty much is every day. He <laughs> sent me that message where DeAndre Russell has been downgraded to questionable. And I knew right away that meant he's not playing. And then, of course, an hour later, it was official. Uh, what I would like to thank the Lakers for, just just with that, is thank you for not saying that yesterday. That, that helps, you know. Now, the Oklahoma City Thunder were probably – game planning for that and now they're like oh shoot now we got a game plan for this guess what Lonnie Walker goes off you see why you don't tell your enemy what you're doing early is it is it that hard guys so the question is you guys got asked is is Darvin Ham improving no however him not announcing that D'Lo is not playing until three hours before the game maybe was it him who did it? I don't know. I don't really care. It worked. They still won. So I'm going to put it as good decision, guys, because he is the coach. Things still all have to go to him, right? Doesn't matter whether it's front office, whether it's the, you know, media guys or the media, you know, media in general. I mean, we're, 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 we're trying to play smart basketball here, even outside the court. So, Get your rest, guys. You played the last two games valiantly. Let's see if we can win this game at home and then get ready to beat the Bulls 
in Chicago because that would help things a lot if you can win both games here to get you ready for the rest of the Western Conference gauntlet, which is all that will be left. Once really? Again, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Just a, a quick question for everyone. If we were to get the fourth seed, who would you guys prefer to play in that first round at the fifth seed between Phoenix, Golden State, and the Clippers? I'd say the Clippers, personally, the Clippers. because you don't – George is probably not going to be back that quickly. Uh, or could be. He could be. He, I mean, he, could, he had a similar injury to Antetokounmpo, you know, when he had that finals run. That was actually just – the way the knee bent back was just like Antetokounmpo's, and you saw how quickly he came back. So, But I would probably say the Clippers, personally. Yeah. We probably won't see – maybe. I don't know. I would love to beat the Clippers in the first round. I think that would be good TV for everyone to beat the Clippers in the playoffs. It would only add to the, to the acid on the wound where the Clippers have beaten the Lakers in the regular season for the last decade. Yet, when it came down to them facing them in the playoffs in 2020, they choked like a, like a chicken – not the good kind, and a loss in the playoffs finally meeting, that would be a nice way to start the first round and a hell of a confidence boost. <laughs> Holy smokes. He's here. He's here. Hey, are you sure are you sure you got your massages and your, your happy endings and all that stuff? Oh, Joe, you know better than anybody. There is no such thing as a happy ending. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Once again, uh, I wish Lakers. I I wish I'd gotten a massage somewhere along the line. That would have been that sounds wonderful. Well, let's get him in here to talk. Once again, it's the Lakers, one sixteen and one eleven, getting to five hundred. They're now eighth place in the Western Conference. But here today, hopefully, to go ahead and provide some insight with us right here is a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check him out on his five things articles at Lakerholics.com. It is Mister Jetlag himself, Jamie Sweet, and Jamie, great to have you here. Thank you. you. Slept through Lakers late night, but I Joe know. and I were able to go ahead and do what we can there. Your thoughts, though, on tonight's game? A good victory. The Lakers whittled that lead down, got nervous for us, but still we were able to do just enough to get the victory and get back finally for the first time since we were, what, last year, early last year, get to 500. Yeah, it's been a minute for the 500 mark, which it's, it's I, I think that kind of goes to sh highlight. If, if there's one thing that can highlight the semi-sorry state of affairs, and not to put a damper on a victory, but the fact that Laker fans are celebrating a 500 record is, it's just, it doesn't, it, it, it I, I, I have a hard time with it. <laughs> that a hard time. Yeah, that's right. I'm having a hard time with it. All right, that's a, you can you can raspberry me all you want. I don't. I can take it. But no, uh, I'm raspberrying the fact that people are celebrating that. Right, five hundred. I'm like the uh, raspberry isn't for you, sir. Thank you. I mean, it, it, listen. I it, it, of course we needed to get to five hundred, and like yes, that means that we are officially mediocre. So, uh, and not not below average uh so these are all good things right these are all good things thank god for that 
Yeah, exactly. But I, I'm just having a, like I'm not. You, you notice that there aren't balloons and streamers behind me celebrating the 500 mark. So uh, it's not because I cheaped out on them. It's I have them. It's for when we we have a perfect season. So they they've been. It's I'm not pulling a Jack Kent Cook just yet. Um, I I thought this was a pretty gritty win. You know, the, the a source of offense that had been you know a lifeline for the team the past two games dried up in Austin Reeves predictably one might say because you knew he wasn't going to sustain or I didn't believe he was going to sustain a 10 plus average free throws a game for the rest of the season I, I think it's a it, it, it you know the league just doesn't work like that he, he he might get to that point at some point in his career uh you know he was I think the defenses are just going to watch the game film where he was averaging a lot of free throws and take those looks away from him and force him to move differently on the court. And I thought he did. one of the great things about Reeves, though, is that you didn't see him fishing for foul calls. You didn't see him forcing a shot. You didn't see him forcing his own offense. He'd get rid of the ball. He'd run into two, three guys. They wouldn't, they wouldn't you know, let him bump off. Uh, or he saw that the refs weren't calling it. And so he didn't, like, he didn't push it all game long. Uh, and that's an in-game adjustment that, that was vital. I thought to the win tonight was that Reeves didn't like keep banging his head against the Well, I need to shoot 15 free throws for us to win, or I need to score X amount of points. And instead Lonnie Walker came off the bench. Uh, they, they, they thought him out and shoot in the, in the layup line. Uh, they got him out of the freezer. They broke glass in case of emergency, however you want to frame it. And he came through with a fantastic game. Uh, a, just a, an absolute gem of a game for a guy who hadn't played in three contests, I believe. And then the one that he did play in was pretty much, you know, garbage time minutes. So, you know, it's it's hard to be that guy where, you know, he was a starter. <laughs> he was a starter. He was a major contributor to what success we had in the early part of the season. Uh, and then, you know, that went away. And then we got the new guys and his, his role evaporated and to put in a game like tonight to not sulk to just show up and be a pro is an underrated skill or an underrated trait i should say in the um, in the nba today to not you know talk you know you never once heard him you know moan to the media like oh i'm not getting minutes or go out on twitter or, or instagram or any number of social media platforms and do something inane and ridiculous that would really only serve to hurt his contract status this summer. Uh, whatever deal he's going to get this summer, teams will look at how he behaved when he wasn't playing as much as they'll look at his on-court performance and be like, you know, this guy's a pro. And we want pros. We want people who are true pros. I mean, everybody is quote-unquote professional at this level, but not everybody behaves like one. And, you know, the fact that Lonnie Walker, you know, had his composure for this whole time and put in this game tonight, I mean, he was he – was, it was his contribution was beyond vital <laughs> like his defense his offense his entire game was stellar tonight and so I, I i would give the game ball if i had one to give to lonnie walker ad obviously scored the most points played some great defense played like the ad we want him to play like every game um but you know like a like like a leprechaun it's it's an elusive thing what do you think is the issue with him and you saw they they love throwing that stat out there about how bad he performs free throw wise in the quarter <laughs> what do you think uh, this is? Uh, that's 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 mental toughness that's all it is it's mental toughness it's it's you're tired but that's that's the definition of like star or good player to superstar great player is that you don't miss those free throws, is that you you 
you come through in the clutch. And like his lack of availability, this is now a thing, right? And, you know, it. the only way to get rid of this one is to make some free throws with 20 seconds left in the game. And <laughs> that, that's it. You can't talk about it in the media. You, you can't work on it really in practice. I'm sure he shoots free throws in practice. He's overall shooting free throws better than he did last season. Uh, I think he's at 80% of this year. Uh, he's at 80%. So that's, that's light night and day better than last season when I think he was trending towards the low seventies, high sixties. Uh, and the year before that he was hitting high eighties. Yeah. The, uh, he's a by rep, a good free throw shooter. And I don't think I've ever heard of him until, the last year and a half, two years, having these kind of issues in the fourth quarter. I think he's generally been a fairly reliable free throw shooter. I mean, everybody misses one here or there. Everybody. Steve Nash, I don't care who, you, what name you want to throw out there. But it's magnified on this team, A, because it's the Lakers, B, because it has been the difference in key games when we're fighting to just be relevant. And when you're fighting for relevancy and you're not coming through on the easiest shot you're going to get all night, it's going to be magnified. And the modern media is going to make a, is going to have a hoopla. They're going to have a hoopla uh, and a, 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 you know, any, whatever you want to call it. And they're going to go nuts and they will, they will. I mean, that's what, that's what happens in this, in this modern age. So I, you know, he had a great game. Mr. Free Throw, <laughs> that would have helped ice it even more. Uh, but it wasn't a free throw that defined the game, which I, I think we could all just have to settle with that, settle for that and be grateful on that count. Um, and uh, I think that this win might be the kind of moment. This was the game I was the most worried about over the next two. Over the uh, over this little stretch before we kind of go on, not the back to back for Chicago, not the back. Although I mean, technically not... it's just two games, but they're they're separated by three days. But it is Chicago twice. Yeah, no, there's a lot of time in between those games. I think that it's he plays well in AD plays well in Chicago traditionally, uh, his hometown, and you know, I, I, I mean, I mean, was, let's be honest. I worry about, I worry about all the games because this team is not proven to have a killer instinct. This team has shown us consistently that they have it within them to take their foot completely off the gas pedal, regardless of the situation. Uh, and so with that in mind, every game is quite losable. It's the NBA. It was quite losable to be, begin with. There's no, Every time somebody says, like, well, this should be a win, I'm like, I mean, should? Yes, but will it? I mean, it's going to come down to how well the team plays. Like, that's that's why you play the game. So, anyway, thanks for having me back uh, and not relegating me to Lonnie Walker status uh, and burying me on the bench. So, uh, New York was fun, uh, and uh, I'm back, and I'm awake. So, those are those are two good things. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 116-111. to 111. Stone Hansen for the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. I ask you, my friend, Chicago is on the queue for a Sunday afternoon, then a Wednesday tilt in Chicago. Your thoughts? I mean, Chicago, their record on the surface, if you're not paying attention, obviously is not very good, just like the Lakers, but... In the past 10 games, they've really started to find a sweet spot. They had a very impressive victory tonight, I believe, in Portland. 
your thoughts on Chicago and how they're playing and what we need to do to stop them. Yeah, I think um, down this stretch, it's just as important to make sure that you are sort of knowing what you're going into as a Laker fan and what those teams are like, uh, just as it's important um, for, you know, what you know your own team is like. Um, the Bulls have been playing really, really well lately. Um, they've won, I think, uh, five or no, sorry, six of their last nine, I think it is, um, against some high quality opponents. They won a, a game in Philly. Uh, they won a Miami game, uh, Kings game, or sorry, a, a Denver game, Minnesota game. They've won a lot of high quality games. Um, obviously, their record is uh, below average currently, but that's not what we're worried about right now. We're looking at the you know, the immediate uh, priors. Um, and so far they're turning out well for the Bulls. Um, DeRozan. They're, they're six and four in their last 10. Okay, six and four. Um, yeah, six and four in their last 10. And then three, four, five, uh, six and two in their last eight. So even even a smaller window, they're playing a little bit better. Um, I mean, DeRozan and Levine are going to be just searching for what they want in the mid-range. That's really what's going to be difficult for us um, because – we, we know we have something at the rim with AD um, at the point of attack. The past two games, we've done a pretty good job in terms of hedging on star players such as uh, Booker and then tonight Shea. Um, we did a fairly good job at the point of attack. They still got their numbers, but when we hedge, we, we seem to do well. Intruder intruder plays well at the point of attack. The, the issue is once they get past that, what happens if AD moves up? And then you have cutters going on both sides um, and you have Vooch going to, towards the rim and both DeRozan and Levine are capable of making passes, both lobs into cutters on the move. Um, and then if AD doesn't move up, those guys are both just pulling up every time from the mid range and probably making them at the level of shooter that they are. Uh, I think that this means it requires heavy, heavy Vanderbilt minutes. Um, and I think what you want to do rather than sort of scheme this game you want to make sure you're playing man and you want to make sure that Vanderbilt is consistently on one of DeRozan or Levine at all times um, and the other one you're just playing up on I think you take your chances with them as cutters uh, and making sure that the other guys are playing well enough off ball defensively rather than letting those guys either whichever one Vando is not on uh, just getting to the mid-range over and over again um, DeRozan loves to get to the line. That's sort of his thing. Um, you have to make sure that Anthony Davis stays out of foul trouble because he's vital to us winning this game as he is pretty much every game. But uh, defensively, we really, really need him. Um, and if we don't have D'Lo, it's imperative that uh, you know we take care of the ball. Um, we have to make sure that we're not giving up like a bunch of turnovers that are unforced or anything uh, because this is sort of a game that the margins do matter. You want to make sure you're not making silly mistakes. You want to make sure that you're playing as tight and cohesively as you can. Um, and I think defensively is the, uh, the should be the main focus headed into these Bulls games. So without D'Lo, as you had talked about, Sean, uh, in regards to the injury, the hip injury, I believe is what's going on with D'Lo, came up all of a sudden was moved down, like you said uh, earlier, to questionable and obviously didn't make the game today. How important is it to have D'Lo back, especially after what he did last time with his tweak ankle where everybody thought, oh, it's his tweak ankle, will be back in a game or two, and it turned out to be a lot longer than that. 
Yeah, dead, Gerald. It turned out to be uh, about two weeks. So, could we see the same thing again here? I hope not. I hope not. They say that Darvinham said it's not a serious injury, but it's serious enough where you don't think he should be playing. That that sounds like a concern to me, Gerald. Um, hopefully, it's just a, a maintenance issue. And then you know, it, it doesn't pretend to anything too serious. I, I've never, I don't believe he's he has a history of hip injuries. So I think um, should be cautious. I, if I was them, I'd probably, if he's not, just not feeling, I'd just send him again with the, with at least the, the front end. I don't think he can sit out back-to-back games, though, Gerald. At this point, I don't any more than 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 one is too many at this point. So if you're asking him to rest for two, three, it's just it's dicey. It's dicey. It's um, if you're really if you're really concerned about the hip injury, maybe you don't start him. Maybe you bring him off the bench. Um, but this sounds like it's more serious than they're they're letting on. Joe, I mean, we talked about these little small injuries holding back certain players from coming into the game. We're seeing it again, my friend. You know, holding these players out for seemingly injuries. If this was a playoffs, do you think D'Lo would actually be out of today's game? I wasn't aware he was injured. Uh, so was I. I just came up all the halfway through the day. I was like, oh. I don't know. I I would say I'm more concerned when LeBron and AD sit when they can play versus being cautious about a guard who you you know who's going to be going in and out of the paint all day and shooting that might have you know some leg issues. There is. I guess I'm trying to figure out if this is something that's going to linger now. Is it a lingering issue or did they just maintenance stop it tonight? Uh, I guess we're going to find out Sunday if he can play on Sunday. What I think will probably happen because the Lakers are really good at, you know, sitting guys. I'll say he he won't play Sunday, and they'll cross their fingers that they, they can, based off what they did with Oklahoma City, I think they'll feel like they can do the same in Chicago. They might sit him until they go to Chicago for uh, Wednesday's game. I would say that's very likely what's going to probably happen. It's funny Howard Hill said it all. Just what we need, another fragile superstar or a star player. or even They're a all fragile, player. Howard. They're all fragile. Mentally, they're fragile. Now, they have their moments. Uh, AD has had uh, – again, I'm not trying to pick up on AD, but his his assertiveness is always kind of a, a back and forth. But but there is – but that's, that's a product of culture, guys. It's a product of a weenie culture of uh, pansy-ass uh, parents that raised pansy-ass kids – that have now become adults that, that, that have become adults. <laughs> and now these pansy ass players who've been raised by pansy ass parents are going to raise the next generation. 
So now it's time, and we didn't see this coming 10 years ago. So now we got to be kind of reactive to it and so start holding me. their feet. Go ahead. Start holding their feet to the fire. Make them grow a sack and play through some pain, you little boys. Come on. Let's do it. Let's go win. I thought, I thought you were going to go ahead and add on to Joe's uh, soapbox. I'm the boss, Jim. You can't right. fire me. Have nothing, nothing more to add. I think Joe covered it all. I'm no, Joe, Joe, Joe is the official old man yelling at kids on the lawn uh, of the uh, of the Grand show. Grand Torino, I'm, Clint Eastwood. I'm Clint the old Eastwood. man that'll run circles around you and any techno any technology you got too on top of it. I'm all encompassing. I'm a Renaissance man. I can do whatever you can do, and on top <laughs> of it, I still got the fundamentals that matter. You know what that is? I get up every day and I do work. Forget the Keanu Sons. We got the Joe Soros Sons here. Right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Shit. <laughs> Boy, I By the way, if you, uh, if you were comparing Joe to uh, Walt Kowalski from uh, Grand Reno, that is a huge compliment to everybody who wants to be Walt. Thanks Walt. so much. Arby, for subscribing. Truly appreciate it. But I want to ask you this, Jamie, while I got you here, my friend. <laughs> oh, no, Joe. Joe, I could totally see you doing what he did to those uh, to those uh, gangbangers on the corner. I could totally see Joe Soror doing that. I, I probably would have um, excommunicated the language a little, unless, it, of course, it was a movie. Uh, <laughs> oh, really? But I, I will say really? this. I will say this: the the lawn scene when the, the it was very very inspiring. <laughs> <laughs> this lawn scene brought to you by Sinblades. <laughs> I, 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 I'm fortunate that I have never had to deal with that, but I am prepared for it. I have five cameras around my house. I have uh, I have a good set of uh, protection, and I do uh, have a license to conceal. So I'm very prepared for those moments, even though luckily, yeah, and I hope see, I hope see, I never have to. But see, see, here's the thing, though. Walt Kowalski didn't need a gun. He didn't That's need right. a gun, Joe. Neither did neither did Batman. I actually don't need a gun either. I don't know how we got on. I don't need a gun either, uh, Sean. I don't need a gun either. I I can handle my I I can handle pain and I can handle a, a scuffle if I need to. Although I'm not very big on scuffles, a lot of times. Mark gets get... a Queensberry rules, Joe. Nobody, so, nobody, Mark nobody should be a Queensberry rules. <laughs> I hope you're ready to go. Nobody should be a fan of a fracas. Look at the pelican fly, pelican go. When's the last time you got into a bare knuckle brawl? Uh, 2002. <laughs> when well, you can okay. see the day. Yeah. I, 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 it's, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, the guy's I, blood stained my new khakis. I was pissed off. <laughs> 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 Luckily, my buddy lived not too far away. I was able to put it in the washer and save him. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not lying. I swear to God, that's how it worked out. <laughs> Don't worry, honey. The pants are okay. The pants, the pants were very important to me at that point. I, I just bought them. It was a principle. It was the principality of the situation, man. Come on. Oh my gosh! Once yeah. again, it's the Lakers fast break. I'm Jamie, sorry. wait. I'm sorry. I'm trying. The show's over there. We, we got to catch I'm, up, guys. I got to right. get it back I'm, to you, I'm, my I'm friend. Back. You, I, you I showed up. Control there. 
Yeah. Look, they're, 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 Gerald's okay. good at being the maestro, I'm sure. But, you know, sometimes the maestro's got to let the talent dictate the symphony. So, Especially when they're going off on their home security and their concealed <laughs> weapons. I really don't want to interrupt that conversation. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I, I'm trying to give confidence to those who live in California who feel like they don't have a shot here. And blood on the khakis. Don't forget that. Well, that's just what happened. That's just what it is. Sean asked me a question. I answered it. And yeah, that's that's cool. That's I'm not. Oh, I'm not wearing khakis I, I, when I'm around. I, 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 I rarely I wear pants. Yeah, I rarely wear pants in Southern California. All right, but, this so is getting what, weird now. <laughs> yeah, I'm I, 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 I pants as in not shorts. Oh, okay, I was like, <laughs> I hope you're wearing pants now. Uh, well, everybody I mean, stand up. Everybody stand up who's wearing pants. I've I've done some anchor work in shorts and a uh, and a <laughs> monkey suit, uh, but that's that's the extent. I don't go walking around free balling anywhere. No, I don't do that. Oh, Thank the wait, good wow. lord for that, <laughs> Jamie. Can I ask you though? Is it of any concern to you that D'Angelo again is having one of those injuries where you look at it on the surface, say, okay, this shouldn't be too long of a period where he's out, or why is he even out and stretches out even days uh you know if he's out on sunday at a crucial time with eight games left uh, i don't know man you know this is the guy that we're supposed to maybe commit 20 to 30 million dollars a year for does it concern you at all yeah but i mean look uh, we're gonna throw 30 million dollars at somebody who doesn't deserve it this summer that that just let that go it's either going to be Kyrie Irving or D'Angelo Russell, and that's it. Like, it might be more than 30 million. It might be 30, 35, coming up on 40, maybe. Uh, it's that that's happening. Okay. That's going to happen. It's going to happen. We, or even worse, we'll bunch a bunch of them together up in a sign and trade for, uh, for Damian Lillard. Uh, and, and, yeah, it, it, th- those are my predictions for the summer. One of those two things is going to happen. We're either going to throw $35 million at a guy who probably should be making 20 uh, and or trade a bunch of guys uh, in their contracts for somebody like Dame Time. Um, it is concerning because of the timing. It's not concerning because... I was I exactly typing those exact words. As you said, it's, it's not it's it's yeah, the timing is the, it's really the timing that's the only issue. I mean, if this were like a month with with a month or two left in the season, you'd be like, all right, no biggie, you know, he'll be he'll miss some games and it won't matter so much, and we'll 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 pick it back up when he gets back. But the problem is is there won't there's not a lot of games come coming coming our way here. We're, we're we got eight left and they, they all need to be W's. So I mean I, seeing how Schroeder plays every five games makes me not believe I can, I can't expect this game that we got from Dennis tomorrow or, or, or Sunday rather, or the, or the four days later. Remind me the 12, the game on Sunday is at a Laker game and then we travel, right? It's Chicago and Chicago, Chicago here. Right. But we fly to Chicago. Yeah. But well, 12, the game's Wednesday. Yeah, the game's yeah. Wednesday, so you, they play Sunday in L.A., play Chicago, in LA. and, they, and they fly to Chicago for Wednesday's yeah. game. I wouldn't be surprised if he sat out Sunday and they try to give him those extra days before they fly. And then I also won't be surprised if they keep him out of the second Chicago game uh, just because 
travel and NBA players is is such a hardship. Uh, they they just can't do it without kind of breaking down a little bit. Um, and so I I won't be surprised if he misses both Chicago games. If it stretches out longer than that, you might have a real problem um, because you can't expect this. You can't. Somebody has to step up to the tune of twenty points a night to fill that void, and it can't. It won't be the same guy. So one of Walker, Hachimura, Reeves, Schroeder needs to do it. You can pencil in eighty for like a solid twenty twenty five. You can pencil Vanderbilt in for a solid ten five and five. And after that, I don't know what I'm getting from anybody on a given night. I really don't. It, the, the 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 variance in their contributions is is quite high, which is it always is for role players. That's that's why you're a role player. It's because you can't do something consistently. It comes in spurts. Sometimes you have a great game. Sometimes you disappear. That's why you're a role player. So, uh, and I I just I I just don't I don't have a lot of faith in Malik Beasley to step up more than I've seen him be able to play uh, as a Laker. I didn't, to be honest, didn't, I never watched a lot of him to begin with uh, only when he played us. And I never, I couldn't tell you that he went on. He was never one of the guys where I was like, Oh man, Malik Beasley really killed us tonight. Uh, I can't think of a game that I've seen where Malik Beasley killed the Lakers. And I was like, Oh, that guy, he's got something going on there. Obviously, he's made enough threes to warrant a $16.5 million uh, team option next season. Um, so at some point, somebody felt justified in paying him more than a traditional shooter makes on the open market. Um, and, uh, you know, he's probably got a pretty good agent or that team had a lot of cap space that year. So I, uh, I, I, I wouldn't put Beasley into that group because I just don't I don't unless he gets hot from three for a game, that's, that's it. He doesn't seem to possess the ability to change it up, to drive more, to get to the mid range and, and, and open up his own offense. He seems really focused on just launching threes. So that's my whole problem with the modern NBA anyway, is just, I feel like it's just too many threes. And one of the, my favorite, absolute favorite things about this Laker team is that they're showing you can do it in a different way. You can, you can play, you really can still play inside out and not outside in. And I think it's a, it's a good lesson to learn that you can value guys like a Wenyan Gabriel or a Jared Vanderbilt guys who don't just take eight threes a game and run around and play kind of defense. Uh, you know, they, they, they were, those guys are hard workers and I love our hardworking team. And, you know, we need a guy like D'Lo Schroeder can fill in for a little while. I, he just has a hard time putting together consistent games where you see him like take over a quarter or two. He'll try. He'll he'll put in the attempts. It they just won't go down. You know some of the shots he was making tonight. You can't that hip shot uh, floater that arced up like a Dio song, uh, like a rainbow in the dark was was a ridiculous circus shot. Like those are the kind of shots he was making tonight, uh, off and on. So I you know you're just gonna need monster games out of AD every time. And this that's this is the whole this is our whole you know we're celebrating 500 because this team is mediocre, right? Like that's. That's the problem. And so even with the new guys, I'm not trying, I'm not, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to. The funny thing is that they get to fourth place, Jamie. Messed up, Jamie. You could probably still say they're mediocre because they will only be like two or three games above 500. (laughs) That's right. I'm sorry. Were you having fun? Were you having fun here? 
We we need yes. a, we need a we need a short of that picture right there. Oh my gosh. But oh, we can do that. I can do that all day, baby. Well, the, the, that's what I'm trying to say, though. I mean, even if they get no, the I, Gerald, fourth place, Gerald, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And still, that's you can think of as mediocre. Yeah, that's in some ways that's the West this year. We saw even with all the talent that came West at the also at the trading deadline, it hasn't turned into the West suddenly going on a rampage across the league. You know, Dallas is a great example of a team that you thought would like at least play as well as they did before and they haven't just taken a step back or like oh, had trouble just in the punch bowl they're they that's they're i feel like the that's even they're, they're, that's being kind like they are in utter and complete free fall implosion mode right now like and like that's this is this is one of those moments where you look at luca and you think you know what you're gonna look back on the last like month of this season and wonder what more you should have done because it's it's his team, it's his team. Everything is being done to cater to him, and this is where I kind of feel like Mark Cuban is the worst owner for Luca to play under. Because Mark, Mark did everything he could to make Dirk Nowitzki happy, and he was rewarded for it. I mean, it took Dirk's pretty much entire career. And he got one championship out of it. But again, that's more than a lot of franchises can say. And he stood by Dirk and he, you know, he enabled Dirk and not that Dirk was a bad person or anything. I'm not trying to make it sound like that, but like Luca's vastly better than Dirk Nowitzki ever was uh, at the all around game of basketball. And so I just feel like, you know, teams like Dallas that went all in at the trading deadline and then just have fallen completely flat on their face uh, are really going to be doing some soul searching this summer. And it, it, this is going to be the first summer in a long time that I think Luca takes some heat from, from the Dallas fan base a little bit because it, it, he Luca, has, he Luca. has, he has, he has to be the one that leads. He, 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 you can't be the best player and the highest paid player and the focus of the franchise and then be like, well, why isn't anybody doing anything? That's because it's you. Nobody's doing anything because you have to do it. And if you can't, that's a big question. That's a big, that's a big issue that needs that's a question that needs answering. So that's to me is the, the sort of the most astounding thing is that finally, after decades, the East is the better conference, uh regular season-wise. And uh, you know, the West is uh, you know, have been kind of a bunch of loafers this season, other than uh, Memphis and uh Memphis and Denver. I wanted to ask before we head on out, Stone, your thoughts on the guard situation because we have Austin Reeves. Didn't have the greatest game today, but obviously he's been playing very well as of late. You have Malik Beasley, who has been struggling to say the least, but you know he. we, we hope that he's going to just pop for one of those big games, 7 to 10 from behind the arc and and all that. And yet we have Lonnie Walker, the fourth, who, as Jamie said earlier, and as I said earlier, we dusted him off and look what you got, but you don't know how long you're going to have that player. Plus also the defensive issues that Lonnie Walker, the fourth has himself, your thoughts on what kind of process should Darvin Ham look for now. And then not to mention Troy Brown jr. Who also didn't play very well today at all, but who's had stretches himself, all these four players 
have been have had some layers of inconsistency even austin reeves for for a bit although he like i said he's been a great player as of late for the most part your thoughts on how ham should look at that swing uh, guard slash forward as far as that that spot right there that seemingly the lakers just can't get consistent production from game in and game out yeah i mean i think reeves has at this point for me separated himself from the rest of those guys i think he's deserving of the most the, the biggest role out of any of those guys um and i would prioritize him as such uh, i would continue to start him maybe even once lebron gets back um malik beasley at this point is just I mean, i've never been a huge malik beasley fan even back to his fsu's days in college um he does one thing and he does it well sometimes and that's shoot uh, and if he's not shooting well, he's not providing you anything on the court. It's just cardio. Um, so I'm, I would cut him out of the lineup. I don't think he's worth he's worth giving minutes to, uh, because I think Lonnie Walker, for all the as as bad of a defender as he is, and as the boneheaded decisions he makes as a playmaker at times, um, I don't think the defense is that much different from what Malik does. And I think he can at least create his own shot. Uh, and I think that. Malik's solely reliant upon other people to do that for him. Um, if he has that 7 of 10 game, great. Use him for all you can in that game. But don't expect it to continue for the next five or six games where he'll probably be, you know, 2 of 46 in that stretch or something. Um, it's just not worth giving minutes to when he's not providing anything besides shooting. Um, I think that uh, Schroeder has, like, done a pretty good job as himself as a backup point guard i think that role is pretty secure for him um so yeah i would prioritize lonnie over over uh malik and i think that troy brown is safe purely because of the fact that he is the height that he is i think that he provides more <laughs> defensively than these other guys uh, i think that he is able to he, he is probably the best connective passer of those guys as well um, he, he's a little ambitious at times and it, it turns into an unforced turnover, but I think for the most part, he's a better connective passer than either Lonnie or Malik. Um, and it, he has, he has value and he, he has times where he just shoots really well and, and keeps you in the game and makes timely buckets, uh, that you need. Um, so I think he's, he's pretty safe just in terms of his minutes and role consistently, because he's one of the few guys that we have that is actually like a wing, like a wing sized guy who can, who can play that. So, um, I would prioritize Lonnie over Malik, drop Malik out of the lineup, um, and you know keep the rest of the guys pretty much where they're at at, the, at this point in time. Austin and him are both right around 38% from behind the arc. So that's that's pretty good. Pretty good right there. At least for the Lakers who are consistently this year have been one of the poorest teams behind the arc shooting. So uh, I, 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 see, I see your point on that. Sean, anything to say in retort or do you agree with Stone on that? Uh, no, I agree with Stone. I agree with Stone. And um, this is the professional NBA, Gerald. A lot can happen in a week. A week ago, Dallas dusted us. We were out of the play-in. And now a week goes by. The Lakers have won three in a row. The Mavs have lost three in a row. The Mavs are sinking like a stone. And now the Lakers seem to be rising. Life happens quick when you're a professional. Now, 
do you act like Lonnie Walker mm. when an obstacle hits your way, or do you act like Luca? Because it looked like Luca wanted to take the basketball and go home tonight. Oh my gosh, John's asking for the Irish accent again. Please, please go ahead and humor him if you get a chance, Sean. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not if you if you're not up to it today. Oh, okay. laddie, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just so disappointed in you, Luca. You had the world by the cojones, and you just decided to throw it all away. Kyrie was supposed to be the dynamic duo, and now it's not working out because there's no pot of gold at the end of that rainbow. Mark Joe, Cuban's kind of like Mark Cuban's kind of like a pot of gold. Joe, oh, I don't know how you can top that, my friend. That's for sure. But uh, I want to go ahead and leave it with you, my friend. So let us know your thoughts. What? Okay, let's say they get a split in Chicago. I mean. Is that going to be okay as long as we're winning the other games? The Lakers start a five-game road trip after Sunday. So it's very important that they go ahead and start obviously paying attention to what's going on. That's why I have concerns about D'Lo going forward. you got to win the rest of those games if you split against Chicago. And if you're going to lose a game, if you have to lose a game, Wednesday would be the game because you you could – you could have a wash on that game if other teams lose. If you lose to a team that you're trying to battle out of a playoff spot with, you're essentially losing two games. That's the difference. So if you're going to have to lose a game, lose one of the next two. Then the rest have to be all wins. If you want to guarantee playoff spot. And if you want a shot at having any effectiveness in the first round, because if you get an eight seed, you're done in the first round. Denver will wipe you off the planet. If you face Denver, if there's some miracle where you make a run and you face Denver in the Western Conference Finals, that's a little bit different because you've built enough momentum in the first two rounds to, you know, barring injury, of course, to where now Denver will be worried. Denver will be like, oh, crap. The Lakers are on a roll here and everybody's healthy and everyone's focused. They're going to get nervous in in the Western Conference Finals. And from what I saw with the uh, Sixers tonight, everybody keeps telling me that the greatest team since sliced bread in the last month, you can't lose to the Warriors. I don't care if it's in San Francisco. You should win that game. So there's really no team in the NBA right now that scares me in any way. Not Milwaukee. Not Boston, not Philly, not Denver, except Denver in the first round. That's it. So that's how I would set it up. That's how I would explain it to the crew. And there's a huge spot open after all this crap. Imagine getting a fourth seat after all this. That just... I, I don't think I've ever I've ever seen that before. I don't want to get too much in that because every time we start thinking no. about no, 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 we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk it's about not, it. We're talking about a team. Not, that we're, we're talking about it's a team that was happen. 13, 13, like three weeks ago. It, we're like we're like Daffy Duck when it comes to this stuff. Every time we talk about a potentially, there's a lever or a pulley, and somehow a boulder just comes and just flattens us like a pan. And it's not it's not somebody else. It's it's us putting the boulder over yeah. us. 
No, yeah, we're, we're we sabotaging. We act. We acme ourselves. Yeah, we're we're wily coyote. We're the ones that drop the 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 anvil on ourselves. Once again, it is Looney Tunes right here at the Lakers fast mm-hmm. break as the Lakers do win one sixty to one eleven. We will be back Sunday afternoon. It is playback.tv slash Sacred Fast Break. Please go ahead and join us for that. You know it's always fun when we're there talking about the game, life, everything that happens to us and more right there for you Sunday. And then after the game, of course, the best post game in town is right here at the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone being a part of what we do here. If you have any questions for us, always LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com or LakersFastBreak where you get your social media. Go ahead and support Stone Hansen. Stone, are you guys doing anything? What's your latest episode all about at the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast? Uh, put me on the spot. I'm so tired. I gotta, always let, me, let me see what the latest I'm episode always was. trying to put you on the spot. <laughs> uh, we talked about wings, a bunch of wings. Uh, Cam Whitmore, Maxwell Lewis, Derek Whitehead, and Bryce Sensabaugh. And three of those four guys are potential Lakers in where the Lakers could pick. So um, very interesting names. Uh, Bryce Sensabaugh would probably be my pick of those guys that I mentioned. Um, but you could go check out everything I have to say in depth about them along with my two co-hosts. Uh, we did basically two and a half hours on four guys. Um, and uh, so we got super in-depth to everything that they do. Uh, <clears throat> we have a lot more of those sort of things coming out, um, as well as uh, on playback next weekend, we'll be covering all the March Madness games uh, and breaking those down live. Uh, we did one today earlier, um, but we'll we'll do the rest of them, I think, from here on out. Uh, next week and henceforth so uh, check that out uh, at upside swings on twitter or at report underscore court um, on twitter as well and you can see all the latest updates on either of those accounts jamie what are you or laker tom the number one lakers blogger that's out there i know you've got your five things articles you got another one coming up though right oh yeah we'll have one out uh, probably tomorrow morning at some point uh you know they have that they're 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 getting less and less about each individual game um mainly because i know you got we we do such a good job covering like post game stuff here and it's starting to focus more and more on a lot of the choices the lakers have coming down the pike uh this summer um it's going to be some some tough financial decisions uh that the lakers have to make um cuz i don't i don't expect them to spend more than 165 to 170 million on the team, uh, which would be 24 million dollars in luxury taxes, roughly. I, I just, I, it's going to be an interesting summer. But that that's kind of putting the uh, cart before the horse in, in a lot of ways. So we don't need to get into it here. But you know there there's there's some it's it, the philosophical issues within the team are sort of the thing i've been focusing more and more on uh of late because they're the most infuriating so anyway uh yeah we got a five we're gonna come out tomorrow uh and uh, you know it'll be it'll be of a more positive uh vibe just because we won absolutely you can find that at lakerholics.com I leave the last for you two guys who hosted this morning's fine magic man in the morning show. What were you guys talking about this morning? I was like barely up for it. I had one eye open, making sure you guys were doing okay. And I saw you. And all right. Next thing I know, 
I'm asleep, my friend. But it wasn't because of your show, because I checked it back later on. You guys had some great topics. What did you guys talk about on Magic Man in the Morning? Yeah, Gerald, we uh, we got into uh, some deep dives about uh, about March Madness, and uh, congratulations to uh, Joe's alma mater, SDSU. They won a huge game tonight against the Alabama Crimson Tide. Um, we got into a little uh, conversation about uh, loose ends about uh, our NBA officiating and just how atrocious it's been. Um, I thought uh, there was some some reasonable ground to be made with some some uh, maybe tweaking of rules. Joe seemed to disagree. Doesn't think that the the NBA will pull their head out of their ass and solve the problem of this bad officiating. Uh, and we also got into a little discussion about uh, this game and uh, what we wanted to see in it. We saw a lot of what we wanted to see, right, Joe? As long as you win, it's always a good night. And that's really ultimately what, what counts. Uh, the NBA officiating has trickled down or trickled up to the the mainstays and the solution I have is they have to run a rigorous camp in training NBA referees. Um, I don't know how many sets they have. I'm going to take a guess that let's say if all 30 teams are playing in a, in a, in a day, you're looking at three refs per game. That's 45 refs, right? Yep. Uh, so let's just say they have 60, right? Uh, I'd like to think that a $20 billion league would run some kind of training program where the program, these referees are a full-time business. They're not some, you know, pencil door-to-door salesman like the NFL. And you're, you're, this is what you do. And... We, you got to grade them on performance. You got to grade them on why are you in line? Why are you in the sight line of a play and not calling a foul? And then you ask the guy that's sitting in the 10th row, the ref that's sitting in the 10th row, why are you making a call on a layup where you can't even see who the hell's there? That's what happened uh, a few games ago when the, the Suns were playing the Thunder. There was a there was a foul on Josh Koji. It's pretty pretty blatant, pretty clear. The f- official on the near side didn't couldn't even make the call. He let Bill Kennedy, who was on the far end, who didn't even actually see the play, make the foul call. This is inconsistent. It's really bad. It's bit, it's the worst I've ever seen. I've been going to basketball games regularly for about fifteen years. This is the worst it's ever been. I said I will not go back until I think the problem has been somewhat uh, resolved. I I don't expect this to be an overnight uh, experiment where everything's a wash and everything's fine, but it needs to get better. It hasn't gotten better, Gerald. It's just gotten worse, progressively, progressively worse. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more on that. I think all of us on the panel could say that as well. It's just been 
declining for years now. It's really come to a head. We've seen some really bad and egregiously, egregiously bad calls and a bad mistakes by the referees this season in the NBA. Something I'm sure that the league will hopefully address sooner rather than later. And I don't think anything will really get resolved. Will we see a better improvement in the refereeing in seasons to come? I'm not sure of it, but we'll see. Uh, I just, like I said, I'm, I'm not guaranteeing anything, but I'm not confident in the league straightening everything out or anything out when it concerns the referees and how bad or poor that they've become. So, Absolutely. No, I, I agree, Gerald. And uh, just to, just to uh, end the show, we really didn't want to bring up uh, Laker Tom and Nick's uh, miserable night, but we just, we just had to, we have to present the news it doesn't matter. So, I mean, Nick and, and Laker Tom, I'm sorry that the UCLA Bruins lost, but it just seems that whenever Gonzaga and UCLA play each other, it's just UCLA ends up on the wrong end of the stick. Nobody felt bad for me when my Trojans lost. Yeah, no one did, Gerald. Yeah, You're right. I, no one yeah. did. Yeah. I don't feel bad for anyone. Yeah, that's true, too. That's, that's right. <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> but once again, it's the Lakers fast break. <laughs> the Lakers do win 116-111. Please go ahead and check out Team Replay for Magic Man in the Morning right there on YouTube at Lakers Fast Break. Plus also as well on the absolutely brand new YouTube podcast. Magic Man in the Morning is one of the great shows that are now part of YouTube podcasts. So go ahead and check that out today. We truly appreciate it if you did. Remember, once again, if you have not subscribed already, please go ahead and subscribe so you can get the latest notifications when we go live on the air on Sunday. So looking forward to that. As again, we will be on playback for the Chicago game. And after that, it's the best post game that's out there with the best chat that's out there. So thank you to Kenneth, John, Stell, everyone, Zangerstein, Danny, everyone was so great. Kenneth Stone, everyone was so great as far as the best ch Lakers chat room that's out there. And you only find it right here, of course, at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. We'll see you Sunday. Have a good weekend, everyone.